Hello friends. Welcome back to my blog. It has been a while since my last post, what with having an ear and throat infection and asymptomatic COVID, life has been a bit busy. I have finished writing a Christian romance novel, but it's more than just about romance, it's about a young woman who finds God and becomes a disciple, and learns to heal physically, emotionally and spiritually. I have posted the first few chapters of the book, there are over 30 in total, to get an idea of what you guys think. Some of what I have written has been inspired by my own life, and some of it has been purely created in my imagination, a talent given to me by God. Just in case you are wondering, my parents were wonderful and treated me with love and support my whole life. I hope that you enjoy what I have written so far, please feel free to comment, but please be kind. Prologue Darby rinsed out her mouth with some water from the tap, then she dried her hands on the faded blue towel hanging on the hook on the back of the bathroom door. When she turned back to look at her reflection in the mirror one more time, she let out a shuddering breath. Her eyes looked bloodshot and puffy, and her nose was red. There was no way she could pretend that she had been doing anything but cry. She stepped back over to the bathroom sink and ran the cold water. She would have much preferred hot water on her face, but she didn't want to wait the couple of minutes it would take to warm up. She removed her glasses and then she shaped both of her hands to form a bowl to catch some cold water. She then splashed the cold water on her face, and repeated the process a couple more times. She knew that she couldn't do much about the redness of her eyes, but she hoped that the cold water would at least help with the puffiness and maybe make the color of her nose less red. She did think that at the very least, the cold water might make her whole face look a bit pink from the temperature, and might look less like it was blotchy from crying. Okay Darby she told her reflection in the mirror, time to suck it up and freshen up. It's only mom and dad coming to visit, not a firing squad. As with many things in Darby's life, she ended up greatly underestimating just how stressful a visit from her parents would be, and how much she would end up wishing that she had been hauled before a firing squad. Chapter 1 Jeremiah 29 11-13 For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. 12 Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. 13 You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. 14 NIV Come on Darby, talk to me. How bad could it have possibly been? I mean, it's your parents not the Spanish Inquisition. Darby was sitting on the end of her bed, talking with her roommate Kelsey. Kelsey had thrown herself into the overstuffed chair that Darby kept beside her bed and near the desk she had in her room. Darby let out a huge sigh, and tried to explain her frustration to her best friend. Kelsey, I just don't know how to handle my parents sometimes. I know that they love me, but how do I get them to understand that I have questions? I feel like I have no say in how my life should go. I applied to college here because my parents went here. I let them convince me to take a dual major in theology and literature, because that's what they studied. My mother keeps pushing me to get my master's in divinity, so that one day I can have enough Bible knowledge that I can marry someone who is aspiring to be a minister, or perhaps even just a deacon or elder. I don't feel like God is guiding me on the right path. I feel like my mom and dad are pushing me on their path, so that I can marry someone from the church that they choose and carry on the family legacy of serving God. Honestly Kelsey, I feel like this is all about serving their image. You and I grew up in this church and I never questioned anything. I didn't know any different. When we both came here four years ago, it was so eye-opening. 
I have met so many incredible people who belong to different churches or different religions that I consider my friends and it made me question if our church has really been teaching strictly from the Bible, or if too much of what we have been taught was based on incorrect or incomplete information. Darby took a deep breath and then let it out. This wasn't the first time that she had expressed these thoughts to Kelsey. In point of fact, Kelsey and her family had expressed some of these same questions to the leadership of their church and had been met with a range of reactions, from disbelief to outright hostility from some of the clergy members. Kelsey and her parents had tried to stay part of the church for several more years, but it had been very difficult for them. In the end, they had decided to cut ties with their old church. Kelsey and her parents had found a different congregation to worship with, but had become persona non grata to their old congregation. Darby had been lucky to still have contact with Kelsey, but any time Kelsey had tried to talk to her about her new church, Darby had closed her down, until they both ended up at the same college and decided to become roommates. I mean, you can go ahead and say I told you so if you want to Kelsey, I deserve it. First of all, you big dummy, I wouldn't say that to you. You weren't ready to hear any of this at the time. Even if we can both agree that the old church really didn't have everything right, doesn't mean that I'll kick you when you're down. Gee, thanks. Oh shut up, you goof. I wouldn't do that. Sometimes, we have to be shown certain things by God and we have to see it several times before we finally see what He wants us to. You weren't ready before. Like you said, we were raised in that church. We were taught to believe everything we were told and to never question any of it. Okay, that's true. We were not told to be like the Bereans and study things out for ourselves. I can give you that one. But still, I feel like I should have known. Known what? That some of what we were taught were rules that the church made up? That when we were kids we didn't need to be baptized, because we weren't guilty of sin in the eyes of God. That memorizing verses, following the rules the church told us to and repeating the Lord's Prayer wasn't going to get us to heaven or to God? Everyone told us that this was right, so how would we know any different? Darby, you can't blame yourself, not anymore. Okay so now what do I do? I mean, I only just started having doubts, so what am I going to tell my parents? They expect me to apply for my master's, to fall in line and then let them match me up with someone they like from the church that I can marry. Is that what they actually said to you? My father said very little, but my mother's words were, Darby Angelica Roston, why are you delaying your future? You need to apply to the master's program so you get your master's in divinity. There are quite a number of suitable young men from church, but they want and need a wife who knows that Bible almost as well as they do. You need to honor this family and bring it respect by doing these things, it's all part of God's greater plan for our family. You will not waste your time on frivolous things like literature or the arts. You will fall in line and you will stop procrastinating. What you do and how you act reflects on us, and we will not have the family name and legacy tarnished just because you had some ridiculous questions over a few minor passages in the New Testament. The path to salvation that we have chosen to follow is the correct one. It was good enough for your father and I and both sets of grandparents, so it is certainly good enough for you. You need to get yourself in line with our plans, or you may find that you will be very lonely once you have graduated. Wow, she actually said all of that? Yep. Oh, and she told me that my face looked puffy and that I looked like I was retaining water and that God doesn't love a fat follower, and neither would my potential husband. Wow, are you kidding me? That's horrible. Kelsey didn't even know the half of it. Darby had been restricting her food or binging and purging since she was 13. 
This was far from the first time her mother had made such comments. Her mother Sandra was tall and willowy and at 5 apostrophe 9 and barely 115 pounds, she was dangerously thin herself. She would always quote scriptures to Darby about how we needed to treat our bodies as temples and for Sandra, that meant setting impossible standards for her daughter. At 5 apostrophe 5 and 120 pounds, Darby was a healthy weight. Unfortunately, her mother had already done unspeakable damage to her psyche and self-esteem. I guess I could probably stand to lose a few pounds, don't even go there Darby. You are absolutely perfect the way you are. You aren't just really pretty, I have also always been jealous of your wavy brown hair, and your eyes are this really amazing shade of green and... It's okay Kelsey. Thanks for the pep talk though. Even if what you say isn't true, I still appreciate you saying it. Kelsey knew that no matter what she said, that Darby probably wouldn't believe it anyways, but she told her this all the time because they were friends. She knew how much her mom's words hurt her. They both let out exasperated sighs at the same time. Anyways Kelsey, that was how my visit with my parents went. Babes, I'm so sorry. I know that you love them and you want to show them respect, so I'm really sorry that they don't give any to you. Thanks Kelsey. You would think that after all of this time I would remember this and not feel so surprised when my mom says yet another hurtful thing. I guess all I can do is pray for them and just keep loving them. You are a better person than me, because I couldn't do it if they were my parents. So, what are you going to do? Honestly? I don't know. I wouldn't mind getting my master's. It seems like a really interesting program. The problem I have is that I don't want to just memorize scripture, you know. I would love to meet someone and be a minister's wife, but would I have to actually have a degree in divinity to do that? I mean Peter, James and John were all just unschooled and ordinary men, right? Chapter 2 Well, you have a point, I just wonder if it would be easier for you to have your questions answered by being part of the program? I mean, that way you could prove to your parents that they were wrong don't you think? Yeah, I guess. I just wonder if I really want two more years of school, you know? I respect my parents, because they're my parents, but I don't want them to think that I am giving in and falling in line with their wishes either. I want to find out the deeper truth for myself. How do I do this? What would you suggest? Darby tucked some stray hairs behind her left ear and then sat and waited to see what her friend would say. If it was me Darby, I'd do what I wanted. I can't give you the right answer, only you can do that. If you have questions, then maybe it's not about getting a master's in divinity to find the answer. You don't have to spend two years of memorizing the Bible to find the answers. If that isn't what you want to do, then I say don't do it. Darby listened to her friend before she made any sort of response. She took her glasses off, wiped them on her shirt and then put them back on. She knew that Kelsey and her family had been overwhelmingly happy with their new church. Darby had wondered what was so different, but she had been too afraid of her parents' reaction to find out. She knew that she needed to find out more from Kelsey. Kelsey, what do you like about your church? Kelsey was surprised by the question, because in the five years that she and her parents had been members Darby had never once asked her about it. Well, for one thing, if you have any questions you are always encouraged to ask them. If you have any questions about being saved or what sin is or anything, then the minister and his wife are happy to answer them. If they don't know they try to find scriptures to give their answers. We are encouraged to read on our own every day and make our own conclusions about things. I guess that for me, that's what I love. Honestly, it's more than just that though, 
It's being a part of a family where people really care about each other and it's not about who can have the most power or prestige in the congregation. Really? Yeah, of course. You know, we don't believe in forcing relationships or beneficial matches. People are free to like and date who they want in the fellowship, or to not date at all. There's never any pressure and it makes it a lot easier to build friendship and to get to know people. Darby saw that Kelsey was practically glowing when she talked about her church, something that never happened with the old one. Darby realized that God was giving her the opportunity to find a new path, a better bath. She realized that this might be God showing her the way to true salvation and a real relationship with Him. Chapter 3 Kelsey, could I maybe come to Sunday service with you? Darby had been twisting her fingers and nervously plucking at the bedspread. Kelsey tried to contain her joy. Yeah, of course. I would love for you to join me. How does this Sunday sound? I mean, unless you have other plans? Darby chewed her lip while she nervously twisted her hands. She knew that her parents would probably disown her if they found out she was even contemplating this move. She exhaled a deep breath and gave a bit of a shudder. Sure, Sunday sounds great. I just hope that my parents don't find out because I'm pretty sure that they'll disown me if they find out. Darby, you are an adult. You have the right to go to any church you want. I know that you love them, but letting them guilt you into church isn't loving. They should be glad that you are seeking out the truth. They should be proud that you are searching out the truth for yourself and that you want to make sure that you are absolutely following God's plans for salvation. I know you aren't ready to confront any of that right now, so I won't say anything to anybody. Thanks Kelsey, I appreciate it. I know that I'll have to tell them eventually, but I'm just not ready to do that just yet. It's going to be bad enough when I tell them that I don't plan to do the master's program. Darby could already imagine the looks of disdain from her mother and indifference from her father. Those were bad enough, but she knew that her mother would bring out her full arsenal of soul-destroying insults and put-downs, all in the guise of helping Darby to be better for God. Yeah, she was so not looking forward to any of those conversations. Dash. It was finally Sunday and Darby was on her way to church service with Kelsey. They were close to where the congregation met, so they were able to walk there. Darby kept worrying that she would pass someone that she knew or who knew her parents and that she would be ratted out. Luckily, nothing came of that fear, but she didn't fully relax until she and Kelsey were in the front reception area of the church building. Kelsey's parents were normally there on a Sunday, but they were away on a vacation that weekend. Darby was grateful, because she didn't want to have to answer any awkward questions that might arise. Darby didn't know what to expect. Everyone that Kelsey introduced to her was friendly and shook hands with her and welcomed her. Nobody asked why she was there or what she was doing at church that wasn't hers. Everyone just treated her as though she was a friend, and not someone to be suspicious of, already it was a huge difference from the church that she had been raised in. Darby had made sure to dress really nice for the service. Her mother had spent years teaching her that you couldn't please God unless you were dressed up on a Sunday morning. Women had to wear dresses and heels and jewelry and the men were to always wear a suit and tie. Darby never really understood why, but she had obeyed because she didn't know any different. When she looked around at the members of the congregation, she saw people in all different levels of dressing for church. There were some older members in suits or dresses, and some younger members as well. She also saw a lot of people in slacks or trousers, blouses and dress shirts, jeans and t-shirts and or some combination of these. People were clearly dressed in whatever they felt most comfortable in that was the first sign that Darby had definitely made the right choice. 
Kelsey had briefly left to go to the washroom, and although Darby had said that she was fine for a couple of minutes, she could feel her anxiety starting to build. Why didn't I wear my jeans and sweater? I feel so completely overdressed. Darby had spent an hour that morning trying to decide what she should wear to church service with Kelsey. Kelsey had simply told her that she should just wear whatever made her feel comfortable, but Darby never really felt comfortable in anything. She still felt as though she had to dress up a bit for church service, so she had decided on the purple wrap dress from the back of her closet. It had been a gift from her mother the previous month. She could still remember the hurtful words her mother had spoken to her. Darby, I got this for you to wear for Sundays at church. It's a lovely jersey material with a lot of give and the wrap detail in the front is the curvy woman's best friend, don't want to highlight those problem areas of yours dear. While I blame your nana for your hips, you don't seem to want to help yourself with regards to your bum or your tongue. Darby had been incredibly thankful at first because it was a Fabiana Ortega original and an absolutely beautiful dress. Darby had known that a show of kindness from her mother was too good to be true, but she had foolishly thought that this time her mother would treat her with love and kindness, as the Bible and their minister taught. To add even further insult to the emotional injury, Darby's mother presented her with a pair of shaper underwear and shaper tights. After all dear, no man will want a woman with lumps and bumps, will they? Since God saw fit for someone to invent these things, then that means God wants you to use them. Darby had worn the dress and the special underwear and tights the next day to church. She hadn't wanted to upset her mother, so she had worn all of the items to show her gratitude for such thoughtful gifts. As she was still trapped by her desperate desire to gain her mother's love and approval, she didn't complain even once. While she might have looked all smooth and tucked in, she felt like she could barely breathe. By the time service had ended that day and she had made the rounds through the fellowship hall after the service, she was imagining all sorts of ways to destroy the shapewear and throw them out. When she arrived back at her place later in the day, she had carefully removed the dress and hung it up in the back of her closet. She found, much to her dismay, that the shapewear was so firm, that she couldn't peel it off her. After fighting with the waistband of the underwear and the tights and losing, she had to dig through the junk drawer in the kitchen until she managed to find the kitchen shears. She tried to cut herself out of the offending garments, but the material was still too strong and wouldn't easily cut. It was at just that moment that Kelsey had come home after her church service, only to find Darby in tears, standing in the kitchen in her bra, underwear and tights, with the shears in her hands. That had led to Darby relaying the whole story to Kelsey. Kelsey had tried to cut through the material, and because she had a better angle, she was able to cut Darby out of her elasticated prison. Kelsey had tried to convince Darby that she was beautiful and that her mother was wrong, but at that moment, Darby had convinced herself that everything her mother had told her was true. After all, she had been hearing the same negative comments from her mother since she was 11. Enduring the past 11 years of negative reinforcement had forced her to block out any and all positive comments. Darby had wondered how she would explain what happened to the shapewear. She didn't have to wait long. The next day, she spoke to her mother on the phone. Darby had explained that the underwear and tights were on so firmly that she had to cut the waistbands to get them off. Her mother's response was one of hurtful disdain, but at least she didn't have to wear the offensive items any longer. She could still hear her mother's words in her mind. Well Darby, it sounds like you need to watch what you eat. If you got stuck in the shapewear, then clearly you've allowed some pudgy fat to settle around your midsection. Clearly, we'll have to work on that. There's no point in buying more, because you'll just have to be cut out of it again, what an unfortunate waste of money. 
I suppose you might as well keep the dress, in case you ever lose that extra weight. I don't think I have to tell you how disappointed I am with your lack of discipline over your weight Darby, how do you expect to ever get married dear? Well, I suppose this is just my cross to bear darling. I hear your father calling me, so I must go. Study hard so you can be accepted into the master's program. See you next week. Then her mother had hung up the phone. When Darby had checked the size label inside the underwear, she saw that it was a size 2 US or 6 UK, and that the tights were as well. She had told her mother repeatedly that she was a size 6 US or 10 UK, dash depending on where her mother got the clothes. The only reason the dress fit was because it was a size 6 US, 10 UK. Darby realized that if her mother had bought the dress in the correct size it's because it was the only size available. Darby's mother had started to intentionally buy Darby clothing that was too small for her. When Darby hit puberty, her mother had bought clothes that were two sizes too small, with the hope that it would force Darby to lose more weight. There was a time about six months ago when Darby's mother had put her on a water-only fast while she was doing a juice cleanse at the same time. While Sandra did her juice cleanse for just a week, she ordered Darby to keep on her water-only fast for a full 28 days. Darby ended up becoming so sick that she finally dragged herself into the clinic on the university campus. Unfortunately, the nurse that she saw referred her back to her family physician, who then contacted Sandra, as she was Darby's emergency contact. The family physician ordered Sandra to take her off the water only fast. Her mother followed the doctor's orders for about three days, the longest she had ever gone when it came to listening to medical advice. Darby had been kept at the hospital for observation and given electrolytes and nutrients through an IV drip. She was released after three days to her mother's care and as soon as she was Sandra put her on a bone broth and water fast. Darby was at her parents' house for a week to fully recover from her severe dehydration and sickness, and in that time she ended up losing five pounds on Sandra's water and bone broth fast. She didn't actually get smaller in size, her weight was being redistributed, and so she was still a size 6 us, 10 UK. Sandra decided that once Darby went back to school she would simply have to carry on with this special fast and then she could get down to a size 2 US, 6 UK. Sandra decided that Darby just needed some extra motivation, so while Sandra went out and bought Darby armloads of new clothes, she only bought them in a size 2 US, 6 UK. Darby asked her mother once why she had to be so thin and her mother's answer was always that gluttony was a sin, which was true, but she saw any kind of eating as wrong for Darby. She had inherited her curves from her nana, her father's mother. She had wider hips, a narrow waist and a proportionate chest. She was slim, but curvy. She was in no way fat, but somehow her mother thought that she was. Her mother was much taller and she was super thin, like some of the supermodels of the late 1980s or early 1990s. Her mother had equated thinness with godliness, and so Darby had been taught this as well. Darby had kept the purple dress, but she hadn't worn it again to her parents' church, out of principle. It wasn't until she was trying to decide what to wear that morning to Kelsey's church that she decided to wear it again. It wasn't a very cold day, but since she had been taught that godly women don't show bare legs at church she had put on a pair of regular black tights and wore her low-block-heeled black booties with it. She had left her hair down and made sure to do her makeup and she put on the string of pearls she always wore to church. She had a brooch that was a silver cross with some diamonds encrusted on it that she always wore on the right side of her dress when she went to church. Her mother had told her that it was important, because it showed that having her cross on her right side was to show people that she was on the right side of God. 
Darby was starting to get fidgety and anxious and she was wishing again that she had worn her dark skinny jeans and her long cardigan instead. Her lumps and bumps would still be camouflaged and she would at least have been comfortable. She was starting to feel like everyone was staring at her, seeing how much she was lacking spiritually. She was certain that everyone could see her abdomen bulging out and that her bum looked immensely wide and that she looked puffy and bloated and fat. She was just about to spiral into a complete and utter anxious meltdown when she could sense someone approach her. As she looked up, her gaze rested on the face of a very handsome young man with green eyes and a smattering of freckles across his nose and cheeks. His skin was a light coffee color and his smile was so bright that she felt like she could be blinded by it. Hi, my name is Eli, it's nice to meet you. I think you look fantastic, by the way. His eyes crinkled in the corners as he greeted her and held out his hand. Darby extended her hand out and shook his hand. His head was so warm, and she felt a jolt of something exciting race up her hand and all the way up her arm, until it shorted out her brain a bit. She stood there for a second with her mouth open, and then finally spoke. Hi, my name is Darby, I'm here with. Kelsey, I know. I just passed her and she asked if I would come say hi, because she got way late on her way back. I hope you don't mind. Darby's brain seemed to have stalled temporarily, so when she didn't answer right away Eli's smile started to fade. He withdrew his hand and started to speak. Sorry, I didn't meant to upset you or anything. Luckily Darby's brain started to work and her mouth started to make words come out. Oh, I'm so sorry Eli. That's totally okay. I'm just a bit nervous visiting your church for the first time, and I have no idea what to expect and I feel like I'm way overdressed and just wishing I had chosen to wear something comfortable instead of wearing something. Something that you thought you had to wear, because of what you learned when you were growing up. Eli gave Darby a tentative smile. Exactly. I take it that you didn't grow up in this church either? Nope, not at all. I used to go to church with my parents every Sunday and for my mom, it was all about wearing the right hat for church. Luckily, that didn't apply to the men, but I remember how much time my mom invested in church hats. When I came here for college I lived with my auntie for a while and she brought me to this church. She told me that she was tired of spending good money on hats that she only wore once a week, since she hated wearing them. She helped me to see that it was okay to be comfortable. Oh, so are you still in college then? Well, sort of. Don't let these youthful good looks fool you, I technically graduated two years ago. What do you mean by technically? Well I finished my Bachelor of Arts in Theology two years ago. I took a year off and decided to go back for my Master's in Divinity, so I'm just finishing my final year of my Master's program. Wow. Really? Are you planning to be a minister someday? I hope so, but we'll see. My parents thought the Master's program would be a good idea, you know, help me really focus and prepare. I was at a bit of a loss after I finished my bachelor's degree and I since I'm a bit of a glutton for punishment, I applied to the program. When I got accepted, I figured it was God's way of telling me where I needed to be, so I decided to go for it. I have a place that's really close to my aunt and not too far from the campus, so in that way it's worked out perfectly. I mean, I love it here but I'm not sure where God wants me in the end. I figured that I might as well finish the program and then see what God wants to do with me. What about you Darby? Are you in college? Darby stopped to think for a moment about what she wanted to share. She had known Eli for a grand total of about 10 minutes and she didn't know if she should share her dreams or not. She had tried to tell her parents of what her ultimate dream was, 
But as soon as she started to veer off the path that they had chosen for her, they stopped listening. Her dad had made her feel guilty for wanting something different and her mother had told her in no uncertain terms that she was being rebellious and ungodly and that she had better get in line. She already faced so much judgment from everyone around her that she didn't want it from even one more person. She decided to give the answer that she always gave her parents, the expected one. Yes, I'm actually in my last year of college and working to get my Bachelor of Arts in Theology as well. I'll be applying to the Master's in Divinity program after that, and then hopefully doing that for the next couple of years. I'm at Ridgeway University, what about you? No kidding? That's where I am as well. I'm surprised I've never run into you there. Well, it is a pretty big campus and I'm two years behind you, so it's not like we have the same professors. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, who's your professor for biblical history and context? Oh, I have Dr. Carver actually and she's so amazing. I had her too. You know, she is really amazing. You're lucky to have her. She helped me when I applied to the master's program, so if you ever need a teacher reference or some help, you should definitely talk to her. I'm sure she'd be happy to help in any way she can. Thanks for the tip, I'll try to keep it in mind. I saw her during her office hours a few weeks ago over an assignment and when I told her I planned to apply for the master's program she said she would be happy to help if I wanted it. I really am glad that she's so helpful. Listen, if you ever need any extra help at all, you can feel free to give me a call. Darby looked at Eli and some of her doubt and skepticism about the sincerity of his offer must have shown on her face, because his smile quickly turned into a frown. Or not, whatever. Sorry if I overstepped. Oh. No, sorry that's not what happened. Thanks so much for your offer, it's really kind of you. I just have a hard time believing that when people offer me help that they actually mean it. Sorry if that seemed rude, I was just really surprised is all. Listen, Darby I know that we just met and you don't really know me. I'm so sorry to hear that someone has treated you so badly that you aren't able to trust when someone offers you help. I just want to go on record and say that if I offer to help you or anyone, it's because I mean it. If you need to confirm any of this with Kelsey, I totally understand. She will tell you that I don't make an offer of help if I don't mean it, so I truly hope that you will take me up on my offer if you need any help. Darby felt bad for doubting Eli, but when she saw him smile and offer his hand again, she smiled and shook it once more. Thank you Eli. If I need any help or advice I will definitely ask you. Just then Kelsey made her way back to where Eli and Darby had been talking. Hi Eli, hey Darby. Darby, has Eli been behaving himself? Eli put on a look of false hurt when he answered. Why Kelsey Garner, how could you even ask? I was an absolute gentleman. At this point, he gave a sweeping bow before the both of them. Darby couldn't help but let out some giggles. Eli smiled so brightly that his dimples appeared in his cheeks. It's okay Kelsey, he really was an absolute gentleman and kept me from standing her on my own. Sorry babes, one of the Sunday school teachers caught me and asked if I could fill in for someone next week and then time sort of slipped away. That's okay Kelsey, Eli here has managed to keep me mildly entertained. She shot him a grin and then giggled again as he clutched his chest and staggered back, as though he had been stabbed in the heart. Mildly? Darby, this was some of my best work. Darby let out a loud laugh and then Eli and Kelsey joined in with her. Okay, very entertaining. Much better, thank you. Eli smiled at her. Kelsey, 
Since it turns out that Darby is studying the same thing that I am, I offered to help her out if she needed it. You know, getting through Dr. Carver's class or applying to the master's program, could you give her my number? I just saw my auntie come in and I want to make sure that she has a good place to sit. Darby, it was really nice meeting you. If it's okay with you, could you have Kelsey pass on your number to me? You know, in case you need some entertainment? Uh yeah, sure. No problem. It was nice to meet you as well. Eli gave Kelsey a hug and shook Darby's hand, and then headed over to the reception area to help walk his aunt to her seat near the front of the sanctuary. So, you guys seem to hit it off. Yeah, he seems nice. Nice? That's all you have to say? Okay, he's nice and really good-looking and friendly dash. And single. Kelsey Darby warned please don't start. I'm single and he's single, but he wouldn't be interested in me. Besides, I'm just trying to sort everything else out in my life first. Kelsey let out a huge sigh. Okay, sorry for wanting to set you up. You're right, you don't know if you and he would have anything in common from just 10 minutes together. For the record though, you are beautiful and smart and a woman of faith, and he would totally be interested in you. When Darby glared at her, Kelsey raised her hands up in a gesture of surrender. Okay, okay, I give up, for now. Kesley gave her a smile while Darby arched her left brow up. You're my friend Darby and I want to see you happy, but it makes sense to get your life in order first. I promise that I won't try to set you up with Eli, at least until after service. Brat. I love you Kelsey, thanks for looking out for me. Darby hugged her friend and then stepped back. She noticed that everyone was now finding a seat and sitting down. Does this mean service is starting soon? Where are we going to sit? I have a couple of seats over there as Kelsey pointed across the sanctuary, Darby saw Eli waving. Seriously Kesley? Darby, I snagged the seats before you and Eli met. Honestly. Okay, fine Darby blew some hair out of the way, it had fallen in front of her eyes. She followed Kelsey over to the seats that she had saved. Don't be mad, but I was asked to help usher and serve the communion bread and wine. That's okay. It means that I have to take the seat at the end of the row, so the only available seat left. Is the seat beside Eli? I honestly didn't plan any of this, I promise. Darby smiled, to put her friend at ease. Kelsey, I believe you. It's okay, really. At least Eli and I have already met, so that awkwardness is done. Okay, thanks. I have to go and join the ushers, but I'll be back a bit later. Eli wasn't sure if Darby had felt that first little spark when they shook hands the first time, but he definitely had. When he realized that the two seats that Kelsey and Darby had saved were next to him and his Aunt Lydia, he was very glad. Very glad indeed. He was struck by Darby the moment he had spotted her come into the sanctuary. He had already been on his way over to say hello, but when Kelsey had stopped him and asked him to keep her company for a bit, he was convinced that it was God working. When she came and sat beside him, he was even more convinced that God wanted him to get to know this young woman. She was beautiful. Wavy, chestnut brown hair that hung past her shoulders. She had the most intriguing and unique colored eyes and just a light sprinkle of freckles across the bridge of her nose and her cheeks. He could tell she had one of those hourglass shapes and the dress she was wearing emphasized her tiny waist and the curve of her hips. In his mind, the classic shape of a female. To Eli, women of all shapes, sizes and colors were beautiful, because they were all created by God. 
However, if he was being honest with himself, he found that women with an hourglass shape were the women he found himself attracted to and Darby was no exception. Well, it looks like you won't be getting rid of me anytime soon Eli. Oh, what a hardship. Darby could tell that he was being sarcastic, because he was smiling. She smiled right back. Well, too bad for you then. Eli felt the hand swat him on his left side. Eli Brecken, I know that you were raised with better manners than this. Are you going to introduce me to this young lady or not? Eli let out a bark of laughter and turned to face his aunt. I'm sorry auntie. He stood up and then he introduced his aunt to Darby. Aunt Lydia, this is Kelsey's friend Darby. Darby, this is my wonderful auntie, Aunt Lydia. It's lovely to meet you my dear. That is an absolutely gorgeous dress. You look so beautiful. Darby was stunned speechless for a moment. She could feel her eyes starting to prick with unshed tears, as she received words of praise from this complete stranger. Prick with tears. She fought hard to keep the tears at bay, not wanting to make a scene or ruin her makeup. Even though she was away from the critical gaze of her mother, she was still feeling the weight of her mother's instructions to never look anything less than perfect, especially at church. Darby had no words for a moment or two, so instead she gave in to the overwhelming urge to lean down and give this kind woman a hug. The hug was a very quick one and Darby desperately worked to, to gather her emotions. Thank you so much for saying that. Even if it's not true, it means a lot to me. Darby was so unused to any sort of praise, that she could never believe it when it came. She quickly let go of Eli's aunt when she realized that she might have overstepped an invisible boundary. Before she could pull herself back up to a standing position, Lydia grabbed her around her shoulders and pulled her back down in a hug. It's absolutely true, you beautiful girl. I don't say things that I don't mean, so believe it when I say it. You are a beautiful girl on the outside, and I can tell you're a beautiful girl on the inside as well. Darby gave her standard response of okay. Lydia could tell she didn't any conviction behind her words. No, not okay beautiful girl. You are beautiful inside and out because God made you. I don't know what you have been told or what happened in your life for you to doubt these things, but they are true. Even if I have to tell you this every week, I will until you can accept it as true. Thank you Lydia. You're very sweet. Strangely enough, Darby actually meant these words. She had never met Lydia before in her life, yet she wanted to believe what Lydia was saying. She actually felt a sense of peace for the first time in her life, from someone who was a complete stranger. She realized that none of the people she went to church with her whole life had ever made her feel this way. She was certain that it was definitely God's plan for her to be at this church service this exact Sunday. Lydia finally released her and Darby went back to her seat. Even though Eli acted like he hadn't heard the conversation between his aunt and Darby, he had heard everything. The one thing that he knew for certain was that Darby was a young woman who was hurting and lost. He didn't know if God put him in her path to help her spiritually, or to be a friend and if there was meant to be more between them. He certainly didn't think that it was a coincidence that they had met or that she was studying the exact same thing as him. No, definitely not a coincidence. Eli believed with all of his heart that their paths crossing was absolutely from God. If only he could figure out what he was supposed to do next.